So hello and welcome to the 18th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Linus Killius. With me, as always, is Aaron Richardson. Hi, Linus. <laughs> Aaron is a broker and general manager of Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about one of the most underutilized and underrated tools in the realtor's toolbox, the buyer presentation, the yin to the listing presentation's yang. So why are buyer presentations more popular? How can I craft an effective buyer presentation? We're going to answer these questions and more in our discussion today. Before we get into it, we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, so I want to know what Aaron's been up to. Aaron, what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? Oh gosh, uh, what have I been up to? Some work outside, uh, getting the house on the on the on the weekend there, all uh, spiffied up, uh, landscaping and uh, replacing some old deck boards and stuff like that. Yeah, it's so always busy. Home. I guess is it a bit of a cooler time in the real estate market, getting close to everyone? I guess getting ready for kids going to school and such. Things calm down for a couple of weeks here. Yeah, actually, in the in the Toronto market, it's uh, it's been interesting. It's been a really crazy year, of course. And there's right now, I find a uh, a little bit less buyers out there than there used to be, um, which means we're not getting, you know, the, the the listings that would have got eight offers on them before, maybe only get four now. So we have to be careful when pri- I find pricing right now is a, is a big, um, not an issue, but it's something to really pay attention to and make sure you're pricing effectively. Yeah, we always notice a little bit of a dip like from the marketing side of things uh, for our production at the end of August as well. I guess, like I said, just at the dog days of summer, a lot of people on vacation, a lot of people kind of gearing up for the, the kids going back to school and such, I guess. Do you have yes. any kids going to school? I got I got a little, one, little one who's starting school for the first time uh, yeah, this mine's year. Yeah, next, next year. She's uh, Mine's three, so next year will be the... So, so this is this is my second one who's going to be going to school. Like my yeah. my eldest started a couple of years ago, and one thing to keep that, that I think is really fun and it's something that I look forward to on the first day of school. Just weird like phenomenon. Um, like we were really nervous when our first one went to school. We didn't really know what to expect. He, he, he we sent him on the bus, which is a big nerve wracking thing. We're like, oh, is he going to get off the bus okay and everything? So yeah. we did what any I guess rational or irrational paranoid parent would do. We gave him a kiss, hug, got him on the bus. And we immediately ran to our car, tailed the bus the <laughs> all the way to school. But that's not that's not where the story ends, though. We get we get out. You got to be careful where you park because you can't make. You got to make sure he doesn't see you because that kind of destroys the whole illusion of of him getting to school by himself and such. So you got to park strategically. And as soon as we get out of the car, what do we see? Like literally dozens of parents hiding in bushes behind <laughs> cars, like like the corner of buildings, just like sneak peeking around, doing the exact same thing we were. And I was like, okay, well. At least we're not the only ones doing this. We had some funny conversation stuff happen. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing this for my youngest because I want to, now that I know this is happening, it's kind of a fun little like weird phenomenon that happens like on the first day of school. So I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, if this this urge comes across you, Aaron, if when you're sending your, your first to school and such, uh, definitely just kind of go with the flow and, and, and do a little spy work. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, so. I definitely will be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that next week with the, for the kids going back to school and such. Great. Okay, well, why don't we jump into the show, because this isn't a show about kids going to school and such. It's a real estate podcast. Um, so buyer presentations. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about buyer presentations? Because to be honest with you, I've never actually 
been at a buyer presentation before. Uh, and like I said, I don't think it's something that the general public really knows too much about. So what are they and how can we utilize them as a real estate agent? Well, I, when I started off uh, selling houses, um, I think, and as most new agents do, um, start off and, and you know what, you start sending people properties. And I think the mentality of a, of a new agent is definitely that you're there to find the right house for your potential buyers, right? I mean, that's what you're, you feel you're hired to do, or that's what you're hopefully going to do so that you, you know, can put some money in the bank and sell some houses. Um, and then you start to realize throughout your career that it's less about finding houses now. Technology's taken over. Information's out there. People know that, you know, where to, I mean, they're not looking for you to find the house in a lot of cases. They're actually sending you the listings or you, you set them up on your search criteria and then they point out a listing and say, here, let's go see this one. So it's almost they're picking out the houses to show in a lot of cases. Um, and where does that leave a real estate agent in terms of to produce value? And what I ended up doing was I spent a lot of time with, uh, and I think my longest buyer took a year to finally buy something. Ooh. Actually, she didn't end up finally buying something. She <laughs> didn't. It took me a year of showing properties and she didn't end up buying. Jeez. It turns out I didn't even pre-qualify her properly and she couldn't afford to buy. I spent a year showing her houses. It, it, was, it was ridiculous. So I've, I'm not sure where I came up with it, whether it was the brokerage that had this or I came up with on my own, but I said, listen, I'm going to come up with a very similar buying presentation as to what you would do for a listing presentation. Everybody has a listing presentation, whether it's written down or on a slideshow or whatnot, right? So on your computer or whatever. Um, so I created a buying presentation and I immediately found that when I go through all the different points about purchasing a house with the buyer ahead of time, they have more confidence in being ready to purchase and they will buy quicker. They'll see that there's more value in the service you give. Um, you know, I've heard it a lot from other you know people. Listen, I, my real estate agent, I, I picked the house. They showed it to me. They spent 20 minutes doing up a, an offer and all of a sudden 20 grand in their pocket. That's what they're thinking. Um, and I just definitely wanted to make sure when buyers left my um, service that they look back and said, wow, I'm glad, you know, we were educated and Aaron took us through the pro proper process. So that buyer presentation ended up being a staple and a very important part of how I sold homes. So what, what's the kind of key points that you'd want to put in the buyer presentation to show your value then to kind of dispel yeah. that notion that all you do is, you know, show up and on the day that they want the house they found, say, like, like you said, the, that scenario they just gave a second ago. Uh, interesting enough, and, and um, I'm going to um, go through my titles on my buyer person. I brought it up the other day, and I, I just had it ready for today just to kind of go over the things that I um, I bring up uh, when I did my buyer presentations and uh, and whatnot. So uh, first of all, you know, I give a little information about myself, the company, and uh, what we're looking to do and how I'm going to provide them with some services. Then um, I go into a pre-approval. I think it's the first thing is, you know, want to make sure the person is pre-approved and, and to take control of that buying process from a financial standpoint. Um, Anybody who says, I've got somebody, don't worry about it. I'm still going to suggest that they talk to some other people or talk to a person that I've dealt with in the past. It runs so much smoother if uh, you're in contact with the mortgage specialist that's looking after. So we'll go through a pre-approval. We'll talk about the deposit and where that's, where that's coming from, how that works, the closing costs, uh, any government programs, first-time home buyers, plan land, ta uh, tax for ta land transfer tax credits, 
um, I'll go through a full question of things that they, I have a buyer's checklist and, um, and it's something that is provided as well by our brokerage. So here are the questions and there is uh, 12 questions on the buyer's checklist and, uh, and it goes in some detail about what it is they're looking for, what things and stigmas would bother them. Um, it's funny, we had a RICO case once, um, then RICO is the real estate council of Ontario. Um, so somebody brought it to the case uh, that they had purchased a property and they ended up finding out that uh, dogs had lived there in, in the property previous and uh, is part of their religion that no dogs were allowed to live in that house. So it, brought, it was brought in front of uh, Rico and Rico found the buyer's agent guilty of not understanding the needs and wants of their purchaser. Um, so it was interesting to know that. So what's one actually one of the questions that we have on this buyer checklist? So we go through that. Um, the Realtor MLS, um, understanding how the MLS system works, um, how the system that I'm going to be sending um, them properties, how, how to properly read it. Uh, any, tell them I have access to property history, so past sales, legal descriptions, owning, taxes, ownership information, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's geographical area reports I can provide, what to do in multiple offer situations because you want to prepare them for that, especially in this market. Uh, go through the offer process, home inspections, buyer visits, choosing a lawyer, closing day, in-house financing, all our um, all our discounts that we give, what I'm going to do for them if they purchase in terms of giving them a vacation on the house or, or air miles, and then uh, giving back to the community with Easter Seal. So those are all the different slides in my PowerPoint presentation. So do you actually, like if, if you're in a listing presentation, would you kind of tack this on to the end like as well? Uh, or is this purely just when you have someone who's in like a buying situation that you give this presentation to them? Like what's the scenario, I guess, that you would be pitching this? Because I'll, like if you're invited to a listing presentation, they, they're, if they're selling a house, they're likely buying one as well. Like do you That's put true. certain elements in there of this or do you just focus on the listing presentation in the listing presentation? Yeah, I mean, you got to focus uh, yeah. on what you're there to do and that's list their house. Yeah. Um, you let them know that we're gonna schedule a time that we're gonna sit down and go over their needs and wants for the buying process and do that completely separate. So it doesn't confuse things, it doesn't bore them and all the rest of it. So, so just to clarify from my end for a bit, cause I'm not in the industry too. So a buying presentation, is this something that you're doing to try and attract like a, a, like a buyer or is this something more like you've got the buyer lined up just kind of going over exactly what you're gonna be providing and, and like making sure that this, the process goes smoothly, is it? Yeah. You're, yeah, I mean, what you're doing there uh, with a buying presentation is is like really, I got five, count how many things I'm going to come up with here. So first of all, um, the first thing would be to educate them so that they're confident in purchasing. They'll purchase quicker. The second thing is showing your value, right? So that they know that you are the person that's going to help them along the process. You have the answers for them. They feel confident in you and your abilities. And, and they'll. the third one is get referrals. Right. So you've provided a great service to them. They know that you know what you're talking about. It's no longer that they used you because you're a friend of theirs or, you know, um, but it gives them confidence. And well, knowing that if they refer you to others, that they'll get the same service. Um, what else will it do? Um, it'll it'll stop any we'll call it um, pitfalls or it'll eliminate eliminate some of those pitfalls you uh, go through with a buying process, for example. If you didn't talk to them about the home inspection and and all the list of things that are going to be on the home inspection report and not to not to worry, you know, we can we can deal with the major things, but there's a ton of minor things. Get them prepared for that. 
If you don't do that, they'll have a, a home inspection and all of a sudden they'll say, this is crazy. I'm not buying this house. This is the most, you know, negative, negative situation I've ever been in. They're tearing apart the house. I don't want to buy something that has all these problems with it. So you're preparing them for that. So you have less people that'll back, back out of the situation. Um, it'll do everything from even like your closing gift. You know, you've, you've told them ahead of time, this is what I'm going to do for you if you purchase with me. And uh, there's no surprises on closing day when they go, what do you mean? My my buddy here got a 52-inch uh, flat screen from his real estate agent. <laughs> you know, there's so many things from a communication standpoint. It's so, so vital. So it sounds like a lot of it's just setting up the plan and like having like the organization and making sure that they're on the same page. So there aren't any like question marks going forward. So I guess that's... And yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess that's the big advantage that you're pitching for this buyer presentation is to make sure that everything just goes through smoothly throughout the process. Right. And I forgot the last thing and the most important thing. It's the signature, right? You spent uh, maybe an hour going through these things with uh, with your buyers and you're sitting in front of them and they're sitting at your office or, you know, maybe you're doing this, who knows, at a you know, quiet coffee shop or whatnot. But you have your buyer representation forms with you. And at the end, you say, you know, you know, is there any questions or anything that I'm going to provide? These are the things I'm going to work hard for you over the next, you know, few months. And, uh, you know, that type of commitment um, I'm going to make to you. And, and in return, I think it's fair if, if we have a commitment, if I have a commitment from you that you'll be purchasing through me. Right. Um, and they'll say absolutely. Because you've given them so much information at that point in time. They have no problem signing a buyer representation with you. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of real estate agents seem to shy away from the buyer representation agreements. Is is there a specific reason for that? Are they just worried about scaring away the buyer? Because it seems like that's obviously something you'd love to have uh, going forward with the buyer because you don't yeah. want them flip-flopping, right? It's funny. I'm going to I gotta say this. like Obviously, to have a buyer's signature on a buyer representation is exactly what everybody, you know, all your managers and your trainers, they push that. Um, that signature, it uh, it definitely uh, makes sure that you know you're gonna not be wasting your time and everything. But I, I most of my career, I um, I shied away from getting that signature, and then mainly because I know and I was confident with the service I provide that they were gonna use me. You know, I never really had anybody throughout the ten years and hundreds of home that I, homes that I've sold ever, you know, go with somebody else or went through an open house and I surprised me and bought with somebody else. But I think it's because I went through these processes, but I did at uh, a few times, you know, um, start to realize that as soon as I went through that buyer presentation, I had the buyer representation there. I just asked and they had no problem signing it. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot easier than I thought it would be <laughs> because it's, it is, it's hard to get people to sign a contract. There's no doubt. It's a little nerve wracking, but I'll tell you, it runs really smoothly when you start doing these presentations. And is there, like, I guess you can pick up on cues and such too, like, uh, would you ever back off from getting that signature at the end of your buyer, uh, your buyer presentation? Uh, or like, is it something you always would finish off with too? Because I mean, if you, if you can see they're a little bit hesitant, I guess, is that something you want to stick away from pushing or? Well, I usually I usually close it off with, listen, I'm not a big person for contracts. And to be honest with you, I'm not going to make you sign a contract today. I'm going to work with you either either way. Um, but, you know, and especially if I knew that they were going to purchase. Right. Um, and uh, but I said it would be nice if uh, if we you know, if you knew ahead of time that uh, that I'm made a made a commitment to you and if you'll make a commitment to me we can we can get going on things and we won't have to go through this whole paperwork stuff when we do an offer so it just kind of saves some time yeah, i mean there'll be sometimes you don't sometimes you do um but uh I, I would think you if you if you have a really strong buying presentation 
it just will start to come natural. And uh, you'll ask every single one of them. You'll just say, you know what, uh, will you make a commitment to, to the services I provide? Um, but I won't, I, I don't like losing people on the, the, the pressure approach. That's just, that's just me. Um, however, I do know that there are some really strong salespeople out there and, uh, and uh, they will not go out and show properties without the signature. And that's okay. That's to me, that's a fantastic. If you can get to that point, that's amazing. So why is, um, the buyer presentation so underrated then like it sounds like it's almost like an obvious thing that you'd want to include in any time you're dealing with a buyer like why yeah. is this something that isn't more common or, or or like seen as undervalued i guess i think one it's not pressed or pushed enough in the industry i don't you know you're trying to win a, a listing presentation so it's almost you have to have a good one um buying presentation it's so easy to i mean to wrap up a buyer as a as a client it's let's go see properties and yeah, I'm showing them properties. Okay. I got them wrapped up and they, people just, they don't take the time to step back and go, okay, I know that I'm working with them, but you know what? Let's really impress them. And it's just, I don't think it's front of mind, right? It's not, it's not thing. You don't think, well, I, I have to do this. It's, you know, and then they spend the whole time talking. I don't know. I, I really, I don't know why we wouldn't. I don't, I can't give an excuse of why we wouldn't other than the fact that I just don't think it's taught enough. I don't think we, uh, educate maybe enough in the industry on these buyer presentations. Are they becoming more popular at all? Like, is this just a matter of like educating the agents and, and making them see the value in it? Uh, they're coming more popular to people I talk to for sure. Cause <laughs> you know, I push them um, and I do seminars on it and show them what the, the buyer presentation is. And we provide it to all our agents and our brokerage. So um, yes, it's becoming more popular, but only because we're educating. And uh, I think that that's the important part is to, to educate and, uh, and get these. Uh, and, and you know, it, it takes time. Uh, I think some, you know, there's lots of different reasons why people don't follow certain things. And one of them could be technology, right? They just don't have the ability to sit down and, and go through and create a, a buyer presentation and uh, through a PowerPoint or, or whatnot. So it could be a little bit of that. And if that's the case, you know, it's your business. You've got to find somebody to help you, right? Whether it's your manager, your broker, your a marketing person outside the company, uh, an aunt, uncle, kid, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, find somebody who can do PowerPoint and uh, put some stuff down. So you've obviously dealt with agency, I'm sure you've probably changed their minds or, or changed their opinions on the buyer presentation too. So have you had a lot of feedback about maybe people are initially hesitant or be like, oh, okay, it's, that's waste. I don't need to do that. I'm, I'm fine without it. Who changed their mind, started uh, like applying this approach with the buyer presentation, coming back and be like, hey, this is great. Like, have you, do you have any solid yeah. feedback or anything that any sort of anecdotes? Absolutely. And you know, there's only a percentage of people that, that take training that'll, it'll fall through and all the rest. There's a percentage that do it and some people that don't. And that's, that's fine. It's your business. You can do what you want. We'll give you as much information as possible. But the feedback from the people that have done it and have been given it to it, I mean, it's just, it's night and day. They, and they, they say, I just can't believe I did, I did it any other way. Like, you know, people are purchasing in the third house I show them. Right. And that's the key. I mean, people are spending a lot less time showing houses. Um, and uh, and more you know more time selling houses. The buying the, dealing with buyers can be frustrating because they don't purchase very quickly and they're all over the place. This type of presentation puts a professional to, professionalism to it, the confidence to purchase, uh, knowing that they're all set and ready, having a pre-approval done on a 
on a uh, and a letter from the from the lender that you can present in multiple offer scenario and beat out the other people. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime everybody comes to me and says, yeah, this is the eighth one we've gone to and my buyers are losing out every time. I said, well, have you did you get a letter printed off from your your lender? Well, no, we don't didn't do that. Well, you have a handwritten letter from your people telling them how wonderful the house like there's a lot of things you can do to win multiple offers. And if you're not in a buyer presentation, you don't have the opportunity to prepare people for that. And uh, and as soon as you mention that, they go out and they get the letter and submit it, and now it's a stronger offer and uh, and more chance of uh, getting it. Sounds like it's a good way to set the tone for like the buying Absolutely. process. Okay, so if you're an agent who doesn't have access to Aaron Richardson to help them like through this process of maybe crafting their their first buyer presentation, maybe they don't have uh, a management team that is you know very well versed in buyer presentations as well. Where would you suggest they start? Like, how would they craft their own unique buyer presentation? Like, where would you even begin? Because I mean, it's it's easy to say these are the great things, these are the points, but like, how would you how do you even start crafting that? What would your advice be? So here's some tools. I mean, some some places to go for it. I mean, your brokerage is the first place. I mean, if you if you don't have a manager that uh, can just take you through the buying process and give you some hints and write it down, and then you can craft your own um, PowerPoint over it. Um, maybe play back this recording and, and <laughs> take some notes on the things and the and some of the things that I brought up. Um, but CMHC has a really good book for the buying process. So CMHC, uh, if you go online um, to the CMH entry, they have an online version of the book as well, as well as uh, all the banks. I find like, you know, any lender um, or mortgage broker seems to you know, have some material in the buying process. So some of the good stuff's in there. Um, you know what to do along the way and how the buying process works, and uh, and start highlighting and 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 then hand it over to you know somebody who knows a little bit about. I I use a PowerPoint presentation. My big push right now is a back onto paper though. Like I'm a big techie and I and I like PowerPoint. I like, but I've I've seen the reaction. I've seen the uh, results from different listing presentations, buying presentations. And I find the tangible in your hand approach is, is so effective nowadays. So, if, so yeah. how would you make it more tangible then? Like a lot of yeah. you keep talking about your PowerPoint presentation and everything yeah. too. Like how would you get that interactiveness with the client in the presentation? Yeah. You can take any presentation, any PowerPoint presentation, and you can export that power presentation to a PDF file. And that PDF file can be printed on anything. You could take it to a professional printer and have a nice booklet made. You could take it to Staples and just have it printed on nice paper, or you can print it out the home paper or a uh, home printer and uh, just print it on normal paper. And you know, any one of those is fine. I mean, obviously the higher end I think is more effective, but um, yeah, you can print anything that uh, that you can have on a PDF file. So that would be my suggestion. For sure, not not bringing overhead projectors or giant easel boards or anything in there. <laughs> Well, you know, and here's the, I, I I tried it all. I, I not giant easels and overhead projectors, <laughs> but I have brought, I brought i iPads before. Yeah, I've I've brought iPads that were controlled by my phone. Right, you've got different slideshow viewers and neat things that you can do. And I I just tried them because I thought it was nice to impress people. Mm -hmm. um, however, sometimes you can overdo technology in front of people that couldn't care less. As in fact, you almost get annoyed as soon as you bring out the technology. <laughs> So you've got to be careful that uh, it may work for a millennial, but it won't work as good for, you know, Generation X or YZ, whatever we're at now um, or before. So, you know, it's it's 
it's good to have the different things in your arsenal to yeah. present to different personalities. Yeah, and I guess gauging your audience before you go into a presentation is always impactful as well and can help you make the decision of what to do. So, yeah, if you've got a school teacher, if you're, you're, if you're presenting in front of a school teacher, <laughs> bring a chalkboard. Of, do not make a spelling mistake, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Be detailed oriented and uh, graphs, graphs and, and charts and stuff like that. They love those sort of things. So <laughs> very detailed oriented people. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Play to your audience. Yes. Okay. Anything uh, you want to say before we wrap up the segment? Yeah, I just think that it's important that if you're listening to this uh, podcast, please, if you're if you're in the real estate injury industry, I'm sure you're doing more than just uh, listings. I'm sure you're represented uh, representing some buyers. Um, Try this. Try putting something down in a in a sequence, so you make sure you go through all these, and you'll you'll change it every time, right? Every time you'll do a new one, you'll add something, take something out, and you know. But uh, take the time to sit down with them. They really uh, buyers really appreciate the information you give them, and uh, and they'll be they'll be a lot more apt to purchase quickly. Yeah, it seems just to add a, that extra level of professionalism that I'm sure everyone That's, appreciates. So yes. Okay, so that was the buyer presentation. So now we're going to jump into the app of the week. So the app of the week this week is Hootsuite. It's kind of this toolbox kit app that you can use for all of your social media needs. You might have, if you're really big into social media especially, you might have a Twitter account, Facebook account, uh, who knows, all sorts of different, like LinkedIn, Google+. Uh, Hootsuite helps you hook into a lot of these uh, social media sites and post to them um, just from one kind of unified spot. So you don't have to spend time, as much time, on each individual site curating the content for each individual one. Uh, so Aaron, have you used Hootsuite in the past? Like, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Hootsuite? I think it's a... It's a... It's, as soon as you get into social media, you you have to try and get into Hootsuite. As soon as you're posting stuff to Facebook, if you're doing posting one thing on Facebook, let's say once a week or three two three times or maybe every day, um, if you don't have Hootsuite, you're not taking advantage of all the social media has to offer. You can uh, um, with one post send out to five six different places. It's really that's one of the main main things that you can do there. Um, I've used it more so on an assistant level. So I've, I have assistant uh, on our team that would post our you know, information to the social media channels and she would have used, or she did use uh, the Hootsuite system to, to post to Pinterest and uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the different places. So um, yeah. Yeah, social media can be a very large time sink if you're not careful. And this yeah. is just a very good way of organizing uh, your posts and, your, and yourself within that kind of ecosystem. So if you're heavy into social media and you haven't checked out Hootsuite, definitely give it a, ch give it a try. Uh, definitely available on iOS as well as Android. One of the, uh, just last point on Hootsuite, one of the other features on Hootsuite is that you can pre-program. So if you're going away for a month and you still need to be active and consistent on, on social media, everything can be timed throughout the month so that you uh, do things ahead of time and they just come out as you're away. You're out vacationing and then somebody's or as Hootsuite is uh, posting on your behalf. Yeah. And just kind of getting into that too. Um, we've definitely noticed with all the social media that we've done as part of the Spotlight program, uh, there's certain times of the day that even are more popular for, for people to be like checking social media accounts. So you, if you, if you're, you know, during regular business hours,
hours, you're craft, you're, you or your assistant, say, are crafting these social media posts or content for social media streams, you can schedule it for the times that you know that your clients are, or your, your friends on your social media channels are going to be more active, too. So maybe you're the kind of person that does this just before going to bed at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and you don't want to post then, right? So you can schedule it for the following day at a more reasonable time as well. So uh, it does make it easier to, to yeah, control that, as Aaron said, as well. So. Yeah, but especially if you're away for a month too, I'd be scared to have to do a month worth of social media posts in one sitting too. That's uh, that'd be a daunting task. But anyhow, Hootsuite yeah. makes it a little bit easier to smear those out through the month that you might be away. Uh, and as a real estate agent, I hope you're not taking a month off because that seems like a long time to be away from prospective clients <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, I guess if you've got a great team set up, like a couple episodes we were talking about, I guess maybe you can't afford to be able to do that kind of thing. Okay, so I guess we'll just end the show there. So if you like the show, subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. You can watch us in this and past shows at spotlight.century21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary. E-A-N as in Nancy, IA.com. So this podcast is brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package only available to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that helps sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. Find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. Aaron, you've heard this a lot of, a lot of times. You think you could actually do one of these outros one of these weeks, maybe? You could probably do it yeah. by memory now, eh? We've done this <laughs> Not one. by memory, that's for sure, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what helps when I've got the, no- I got the notes in front of me. It makes it a little bit easier. Anyhow, everyone, thanks for watching. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week.